0: Hello and thank you for downloading this week's edition of Powerbombs and Potables on the Podcast Potables Network. Brought to you by the Andrew Boss team at Berkshire Hathaway. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Process Potables for pro wrestling news and talk. Follow us on Twitter at PowerbombsPPN. For news, info, and breweries we've worked with and so much more, check out www.processpotables.com. On this week's edition of Powerbombs and Potables, I go into the news and recap a lot of wrestling. The man is no longer the champion. We're going to get into that and so much more, including basketball on Monday Night Raw and a plethora of other things on this week's edition of Powerbombs and Potables. Welcome to this week's edition of Powerbombs and Potables, part of the podcast Potables Network. My name is Corey Oates and I am your host. Uh, This week and every single week, we drop Monday morning uh, as we recap the prior week in the best of and the worst of professional wrestling from several different brands. But before we recap all of the week that was in professional wrestling, as always, we start off with this week's quick sips. And for this week's quick sips, I am drinking water. Sorry to take the veil off the gimmick here, but I've had a lot of beer this weekend. So it's a Sunday night, and I'm tracking this podcast for you. So uh, we're drinking water here tonight, but don't worry. We have plenty of news this week to go into. Uh, First, Alberto Del Rio was arrested on May the 9th in San Antonio, Texas. The original assault uh, took place on May the 3rd, and Del Rio reportedly fled the scene. TMZ reported that Del Rio allegedly accused the victim of being unfaithful. The victim says that he smashed her cell phone and laptop and attempted to burn her passport. The attack began around 10pm on May the 3rd and continued until 2.30pm on May the 4th. Del Rio slapped, choked and tied the victim up. Uh, At one point he shoved a sock in her mouth uh, to keep her quiet. The woman stated that she could not breathe during this time. Also, Del Rio hit her several times in the head that left her feeling woozy and dizzy. She claims that Del Rio also sexually assaulted her with his penis and other various objects. She was adamant uh, that she does not consent to any sexual activity between the two. The victim said that she is afraid of Del Rio and plans to leave the city of San Antonio, Texas as soon as possible. She apparently had multiple bruises on her face, arms, legs, and neck. Whew. Del Rio was released last Sunday morning on a $50,000 bond. What a fall from grace this guy's had in the last several years. Uh, Safe to say that he will probably never, ever be in the WWE again. PW Insider is reporting that Impact Wrestling has signed Sue Young to a new multi-year deal. Her previous deal expired in March, but the two sides couldn't come to an agreement on the renewal until now. Young debuted in Impact back in 2016. Is also a former Knockouts champion. She is a veteran of WWE's former developmental mental territory, FCW, where she competed as Sonia. Uh, this past Monday on Raw, the WWE introduced a new crossover role. The role allows some uh, level of crossover between the Raw and SmackDown brands. The role is being described as a simpler version of the convoluted wildcard rule that was in effect last year. The the idea is to allow talent to appear on separate brands during the current pandemic, obviously the recent low ratings are a huge factor in this decision, and the idea reportedly came at the network's request. On Monday, Mattel announced that due to circumstances out of our control, Sting uh, needed to be removed from our Legends Series 7 will look to include this figure uh, in a future wave if he becomes available to us again, which started the speculation that came out on Tuesday as officially Sting is no longer under contract with WWE. With that being said, it's possible that the two sides could still work out a merchandising deal in the near future. It could also mean that he's going to AEW, which there were several rumors and stories that came to fruition this week. That could uh, mean that he's he's going there, maybe to have another match. Dear Lord, I I I hope that that's not the case, but you never know in this day and age in wrestling. WWE announced that Sami Zayn has vacated the Intercontinental Championship and a tournament to determine a new champion will be taking place. Uh, It was confirmed on this week's edition of WWE Backstage Tuesday night that Zayn is not able to compete and the title has been declared vacant as a result. A tournament to determine a new champion uh, began this past Friday night on SmackDown. Uh, The bracket was uh, created eventually. Zane is choosing not to appear on TV, though, these days due to his concern over the coronavirus. WWE officials have said that anyone that doesn't feel comfortable working doesn't have to show up. Of course, that obviously won't go over well with WWE officials, obviously, especially Vince McMahon, and he is because he's been at all the tapings, and as a result of that, uh, they aren't going to wait around for Zane to return when he feels comfortable to do so. Zane last appeared on night one of WrestleMania 36, where he defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the Intercontinental title. It was announced on Wednesday night's Dynamite broadcast that boxing legend Iron Mike Tyson will be making an appearance at next Saturday's AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Tyson will be presenting the AEW TNT Championship title to the winner of the Cody Rhodes vs. Lance Archer match. Rachel Ellering uh, wrestled under the WWE NXT brand as Rachel Evers. Uh, The daughter of the former Road Warriors manager Paul Ellering took to Twitter on Wednesday night confirming that she has been released from WWE. Ever signed with WWE back in January of 2019. RetroSoft Studios announced that the final two members of the roster for their upcoming RetroMania video game will be former WWE superstars Brian Kurt hawkins Myers and Matt Zack Ryder Cardona. Uh, they've been added to the Retromania video game, which will be released on the Nintendo Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in June. This game is being billed as the official sequel to the 1991 arcade hit WrestleFest from the WWF. The game looks awesome. Um, obviously, I don't own a current video game console, but if I do end up with one, you can pretty much imagine that I'm going to get this game. The roster is stacked with plenty of retro uh, people everybody from the BWO to the Rock and Roll Express I know that there's several current NWA stars in there as well as Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore adding the Matt Cardona and Brian Myers aspect this game is just going to be ridiculously awesome and it has that retro feel it's not overly produced and it just brings you back to those times when you're young and sitting in an arcade Saturday night, the news on the departure of WWE's Drew Gulak were released. The news first broke as him being released from the company, but news quickly was corrected stating that Gulak's WWE contract had expired after Friday's SmackDown TV tapings. The show was taped earlier in the week. While the two sides had been discussing a new deal, they had not come to terms to a new agreement before Gulak's deal expired. With his contract expiring, he is now free to work wherever he'd like to, as there isn't any sort of non-compete clause due to the fact that, you know, his contract was expired and there's nothing left to pay him for. It's interesting that WWE allowed this to happen as they've been pushing Gulak on TV in recent months. They've also turned him into one of WWE's most solid and versatile performers. Uh, For what it's worth, Gulak and WWE could still reach a deal that's going to bring him back to the company, uh, but as of right now, he's free to go wherever he'd like, which means that he could appear on Dynamite next week or even on uh, the pay-per-view next weekend. He could go to New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, etc. So, you know, the door's wide open for him. Uh, So, we'll see what ends up with Drew Gulak. Uh, Here's some crossover from our flagship podcast, Process Potables. Current Boston Celtic, Ennis Cantor, is still part of the NBA. But once uh, that's over, the Star Center says that he plans on transitioning to pro wrestling. And apparently he's already got an offer on the table from the WWE. Cantor revealed his plans uh, when his basketball days are done, while speaking with NBA reporter uh, Shams uh, Karanea, uh, I'm and he said, I'm definitely becoming a WWE wrestler. I actually have offers from WWE, he said. I'm like, dude, I need to finish my basketball career first. After my career, I'm definitely becoming one. The WWE and Cantor are not unfamiliar with one another. In September of last year, he pinned R-Truth to capture the 24-7 title at Madison Square Garden, after winning, he unzipped his hoodie in a true heel fashion to reveal a Boston Celtics jersey underneath on that MSG floor. Uh, en- Ennis uh, has played nine seasons in the NBA, uh, amassed over 7,000 points, and grabbed over 4,800 rebounds. So there you go, a little cross promotion from our flagship process potables, which, perfect segue, tomorrow, Monday, you will get a brand-new process potables recapping the final Episodes of Michael Jordan's The Last Ride in your feed, along with us, Powerbombs and Potables. And that's it for this week's Quick Sips. So in probably the biggest pro wrestling related news this week, which I couldn't even fit into Quick Sips, we start off Raw with the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, who won the title well over a year ago at this point back at WrestleMania 35. She comes to the ring carrying the women's Money in the Bank briefcase that was won by Asuka the prior night. Uh, I cannot do this segment justice to the emotion that it showed. So, courtesy of WW.com, here is what Becky Lynch had to say.
1: Tonight is, um, is no ordinary night for me. Um, I'm, I'm torn between joy and sadness because I'm... A- I'm at a place in my life where things are about to change and and I needed to do something about it. So I asked the decision makers to raise the stakes for the Money in the Bank ladder match and and they did just that. But before, before I get to that, I walked in through these very doors. In two thousand and thirteen, and i didn 't know anybody in this country and i, I didn 't know if I was good enough to be here and, uh, mm. and uh, i didn 't know if uh, if anybody would care about a loud mouthed Irish woman who loved puns and toast. But somewhere along the line, I, I learned that they did care, and they cared so much that they put me on their shoulders and they carried me into history, and I will never forget that. Through injury and triumph, it was the fans who stood up for me, who had my back. And it was the fans who I grabbed onto when I didn't have anybody else. And that is why it is the fans, it is you at home, that, the, that deserve to hear this from me first. That I, ha- I have to go away for a while. You have beaten me when nobody else could. You have been the best wrestler in the world for a long time. And this is why I am so glad that this is happening to you. Because the match last night, it wasn't what you thought it was. It wasn't for an opportunity to win the championship. It was for so much more. And I I know you haven't been able to unlock this because there's a combination. The match last night was actually for the Raw Women's Championship. No, I can't fight anymore but but you can you are the champion I'm the champion you are the champion I'm the champion I'm the champion
0: So at this point is pretty much where Asuka prances around the entire PC with the title for about a minute and a half but um wait there's, uh, there's more to this.
1: You are the champion. Now, and, and as happy as you are to be the champion, I, I might be a little bit happier. So you go and be a warrior, because I'm going to go be a mother.
0: So for starters, my first thought on this is there's got to just be so much heat on Seth Rollins over this. I could say as, as a guy who's almost 31... I'm in a very close range. I think Becky's younger than me even. Seth's in his early 30s. That uh, This is a decision that two people had to expect could happen. Uh, these things just, you know, not tend to happen. Always on accident. They knew what they were getting into. Um, but as someone who's in that age and, and they're in the situation that they are professionally, they, they went into this knowing equally that there could be ramifications that could affect their career in the way that things are. Uh, so I guess I give them credit for not letting their current spots. Uh, Becky being a champion now for over a year, and, and obviously this happened while she was still champion for under a year, but it, it's you know, obviously coming over this way. And Seth, who's been a main player for a long time, are just you know willing to take whatever it is so they could not be letting their careers dictate their personal lives. And I give them a lot of credit for that. Now as much as I'd love to have actually seen Becky lose the title. The way they did this was done. I-, I thought it was unique and I liked it. It was done so well. And the thing is. is The real raw emotion that Becky showed. They're going to use that footage forever. It's going to now. Everybody who was sick of her not being there. If they have the slightest ounce of a heart. They are going to be overwhelmingly accepting when she comes back. Maybe SummerSlam of 2021. I know that they're expecting in December. That gives them eight months. Vince McMahon has a way of things. So we'll see. My point is that you can imagine the reaction that she's going to get. She's naturally going to get the rejuvenation that she needed to go away for a while. And she's going to be gone for a long time. And she never even had to lose the belt. So this is like Stone Cold getting run over by a damn car. He never lost, but he came back in 11 months and the crowd was ready for him. And you can bet your best dollar that they're going to be ready for a fresh Becky Lynch, who I'm sure will be ready to be the man once again. Uh, I'd be wrong if I didn't say congratulations to Seth and Becky on uh, the big announcement. And hey, Seth, congrats on the sex, buddy. We come back live, and Charlie has Becky in the back. Natty and Rey Mysterio come up to her to congratulate her. Uh, And then a whole parade of the roster comes to meet her backstage and congratulate her as well. I thought it was a nice touch. Lashley versus Humberto Carrillo in a no-disqualification match here. Carrillo gets some licks in, even a chair shot, but Lashley has been pretty unstoppable as of late. It took them as long as... uh... Six resets over the last 14 months to find something for Lashley that, you know, they might actually finally let him roll in a predominant role here. I think that the Lana feud, the Lana situation with him is getting worse and worse. So that's good. I guess they're going to drop that more on that as the show actually goes on. Remember last Friday night when me and Dan were talking about how I hate how they use Akira Tozawa on Raw? Well, it continued. Angel Garza dominated him in a match this week. To be honest, what was annoying was that they worked this as it was supposed to be a squash match, but they drug it out. There's already a dissension between the Zelina Vega stable, which made no sense during this match to me. In the end, Drew uh, Drew McIntyre hits the ring, Claymore's Austin theory, and Angel Garza and Andrade gets in his face as we go to break. We come back from break. Drew and Andrade in a non-title match. Andrade works the left arm, so they told the story there. Uh, This match was not long at all. McIntyre hits the Claymore and gets the win. After the match, uh, Drew gets on the mic and announces that part of the brand-to-brand invitation, he's inviting King Corbin to Raw next week for a match. Kind of underwhelming. MVP and Lashley are backstage, and courtesy of WWE.com, here's kind of what these two guys are hitting at is coming. ...that I've been seeing out of you, man. Keep that, man. Stay angry. Stay focused, man. And that that full Nelson,
1: dude, that's one of the most impressive things I've seen in a really long time, man. But
0: let me ask you something, man. No disrespect to the kid. He's tough, he's talented, he's got guts, but what are you doing fighting Humberto Carrillo when you got fools from SmackDown fighting a WWE Champion? When was the last time you got a chance to fight for the WWE Championship? Do you remember? you don't even remember. I'll tell you, it was 2007. You know what else was happening in 2007? MVP was getting his start here. But even back then, I knew you had something special. And now here we are, 13 years later. I'm back, and where are you? In the same damn location, trapped inside that mental of yours. When is Lashley gonna let Lashley out? That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer that. I gotta go get ready for my match. Just think about it. Marinate on that. Yo, so it's it's gotta be happening. The Lashley MVP duo. I think they're gonna put them back together. Hopefully, not as a tag team. I don't want to see MVP wrestling, but I do want to see him as the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley. That could be what is missing to get Lashley finally finally into a world title picture next up a moment of bliss alexa and nikki the women's tag team champions are out for uh, this segment they get interrupted by the iconics who have returned who uh, no one's seen or heard from them in months they get a match against uh, alexa bliss and nikki cross non-title of course the match goes about six minutes, the Iconics win, and I can actually see a title match in the future, uh, maybe at the next pay-per-view, but knowing WWE and the way that they've been scheduling on more of a week-to-week thing, this will probably happen as soon as next week or the week after on uh, on Raw. I actually think that, well, as I'm saying this, that this match is going to be scheduled for tomorrow night uh, on, on TV. All right, so let me just paint the picture here. Charlie Caruso is in the back with Rey Mysterio. Seth Rollins shows up, eh, like my dude just saw a damn ghost, alright, Ray congratulates Seth eh, on him becoming a father, saying that it truly changes your life, he puts his hand out for Seth to shake, and Seth just walks away, like, nothing phases this dude, alright, dude just, you know, quote unquote, just found out that he's gonna be a dad, my man shook here, alright, Uh, Up next, Shayna Baszler cuts the most scripted shoot promo of her career, and we're just rolling tonight, and courtesy of WWE.com, here is what she said.
1: How stupid do you have to be to get knocked up when you're the champion? Here's a fact. 10 out of 10 mothers will try to convince you that pregnancy didn't ruin their careers. You're trying to tell me Becky Lynch becomes the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion and throws that all away just to house some miserable parasite? (laughs) Imagine the man, barefoot, fat, on the couch eating bonbons. (laughs) Yeah, That kid's going to suck. You know who the father is? I rest my case.
0: Yo, it got so shady. Whew, really quick once uh, that promo aired this past Monday night on Raw. Next up, I want to talk about Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black. Who less than 24 hours prior, you were led to believe were killed by being thrown off of the goddamn roof of WWE headquarters. But don't worry, they're here in Florida tonight to face Murphy and Rollins. Rollins, who looks like he hasn't slept in a month and was possessed by aliens. This was creepy, but I actually kind of digged it. Like, I feel people aren't liking Seth as of late. And if you're one of those people, here's what I have to say. Fuck you. This guy came to the ring, stood on the apron, both hands on the top rope facing forward. He didn't move. All right. This guy is In a trance right now. My guy is going through some serious shit. And I love it. He didn't move. Even when Murphy tried to tag him. He doesn't move. This goes on for like 10 minutes. Does not move. Amazing. Mysterio ends up getting thrown into the corner. And elbows Rollins in the gut. Which sends Rollins to the floor. Which kind of snaps him out of it. And he just goes off on Mysterio in black. He throws black over the barrier. Uh, He then yells at Murphy to stay back. Then proceeds to shove the eye of Rey Mysterio into the corner of the steel steps. This was crazy. Rollins just walks off just as confused as he was when he was coming out to the ring. It's interesting, but it's almost as if the Messiah was pushed aside for the night. That gimmick. In its place, they say, hey, play the part of a guy who is shocked to be told that he's going to be a dad. I mean, especially when, uh, unexpected, you know, he, he played the part to a T. And if you didn't like how this was done, then I kindly say once again, fuck you. Because this was well done. I was thoroughly enjoyed, and it's just not something that you see. But it is very relatable. You see these types of things in TV shows and movies all the time when it's like, hey, surprise, you're going to be a dad and the guy just gets the stone face look that he doesn't know what's going on. They actually incorporated this into a wrestling match and he did a great job. I loved it. And by the way, you can't say that I'm being some kind of kiss-ass WWE Seth Rollins sympathist because I usually hate all over the shit that they do. All right? So let me have this one. Damn it. So, next, we see the Viking Raiders take on the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, in a two-on-two game of basketball. Yep, that really happened. Perfect opportunity to remind you that, yes, we are a part of the Podcast Potables Network, and our flagship show, Process Potables Talks to 70 Sisters, and all things basketball. New episode dropping today, Monday, discussing The last two episodes of the last dance on a WWE related side note while I'm while I'm striking at it and relating to that last dance. The WWE untold with Karl Malone and Dennis Rodman that really goes into the effect of the heat between these two guys and the teams of the 1997 1998 NBA finals is on the WWE network. Watch it. It is absolutely Tremendous. So back to Raw. Very WWE of them to be the first to say that they had the first televised basketball game before the NBA. My goodness. The story, because this is the fucking WWE, is that the Viking Raiders have zero clue how to play basketball because they're Vikings. You can't script this shit. Well, you, you can and they did, but it is that bad. See? See? Let me have the Seth Rollins, because this fucking sucked. I actually reached out to Dan from Process Potables, and I asked him to watch this. And when I first told him that there was wrestling, that they crossed over into basketball, he was like right on top of it. He went and pulled up the uh, Hulu and watched uh, and watched this. And uh, he did watch it. And his response was, this made me cringe. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. And then at the end, after they lose like 74 to two, they do a bunch of jump shots where Ivar makes a bunch of jump shots from all over the court. And it was just really bad. Tomorrow night, you can tune in for, I think, an axe-throwing competition between these two. Jesus fucking Christ. This is this is not the NXT presentation that we had of these guys just a year ago. The last thing I felt that we needed to talk about on the Raw show was we get the return of Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, Orton cuts one of the best promos of his career. He more or less says that he lost the last man-standing match, and he, he admits to that. But Edge cannot beat him in a wrestling match. The reality went into the fact that Edge, 46 years old, you know, was able to get through with the smoke and mirrors last man standing match. He could use weapons and all these other things. But usually, you know, with wrestlers at this point in their career, they need that smoke and mirrors match. But he gets challenged to a straight wrestling match. It's reverse booking, but I really dig it. Usually you have the the one-on-one match where there's some kind of fuck finish and you have to go to these special matches. But you get the blow-off match first and the last man standing match, and then we're going to get the one-on-one match. But the look that Edge was giving was that of... Fuck. Like, it, it was good. Some people hated on it. I, I dug the direction that they did because... For as much confidence as someone like Edge should have, you'd think, from just winning that last man standing match, he looks even more concerned than he did going into that last man standing match in a one-on-one wrestling match against Randy Orton, which will take place at Backlash. Uh, this was tremendous, uh, but the the reality in, in wrestling uh, can be done. All right, These two guys showed it once again. Uh, now, Edge has yet to officially accept, but who are we kidding? This is pro-wrestling. So we're going to get Edge versus Randy Orton one-on-one. No weapons, no cables, no trailers, no pickup trucks or any other bullshit that we saw at WrestleMania. Just these two guys in the ring having a straight-up match. You know, this could very well be a great match. Uh, and it could be, I'll back that up, this could be the match that we hoped that we were going to see at WrestleMania. As opposed to the 36-minute match that went on. Let these guys go for 16 minutes. Alright? With entrances 19, 20 total package there and this could be decent so being that we're in this situation now i'm i'm all for these guys having it out on pay-per-view um but for real when was the last time wwe promoted a wrestling match i i couldn't even tell you so the fact that they're promoting a wrestling match is kind of cool here hopefully this can be a, a special match between two of the very best to ever lace up a pair of boots Well, Tuesday night's Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'll start off by saying that last week when I was with Dan, we had a very long podcast. I had recorded my thoughts on last week's episode of Impact, but uh, we we ran really long. So I removed that from the episode, and then I accidentally lost my notes, and I just refused to go back and watch that episode. So I can tell you that based off of that two-hour show... And then I had maybe three paragraphs. There wasn't much to talk about. So we'll talk about this week's episode. It starts off with a package talking about how great Moose is. They had the legendary TNA, uh, very uh, soulful, deep-voiced announcer come back to narrate this. Talks about how legendary Moose is. They use clips from Hulk Hogan, Bobby Roode, Bully Ray, and so many other stars uh, talking about how you know, great. This guy is and stuff like that, but they never mentioned his name. Eventually, clearly the clips were being used out of context, but Hey, they have all these, these big name people from their past in their archives. Some fuck it might as well use it at the end of this package. They have a disclaimer that of course, to let you know that, uh, they're not serious about this. And it wasn't, you know, actually something that they promoted, but the opening had been hijacked by moose. Who, you know, really thinks that he is the rightful champion right now. Walking around claiming that he is the TNA champion. Now that it's Impact Wrestling. Very strange times we live in here. Madman Fulton versus Hernandez. Oh yeah, that's what happened last week. We announced that there's another fucking tournament in wrestling. So yes, every single promotion in wrestling now has a tournament ongoing. The WWE has one on NXT. They have one going in on SmackDown. AEW has won on Wednesday nights, and now Impact has won. But this tournament is to determine the number one contender for Tessa Blanchard's Impact World Championship. Madman Fulton versus Hernandez, OVE, these guys are lost without Sammy Callahan, and they've split. So I don't know what's going to end up with them. Uh, Hernandez wins and advances in this <laughs> tournament. Kimberly debuted last week, uh, and they set up a match this week. For her and Havoc. Uh, We get another appearance by Nevaeh. Uh, Kimberly ends up winning this match. Uh, She connects with a punch wearing breast knuckles to the face of Havoc. And then stacked her up for the win. Uh, Rohit Raju uh, versus Trey of the Rascals in the tournament. These guys had a a fine match. Trey wins and advances in the end. Uh, Now they've done these matches for two weeks in a row. Up in Canada. Where the tag team champions, the current champions, the North, uh, are taking on two enhancement guys that they're they're shooting cinematic style, and it's 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 bad. It's it's fucking shitty. I hate it. I don't like anything about it. Uh, I got to give them credit for keeping their champions on TV, but I just rather have more Johnny Swinger. Give me all the Johnny Swinger. I am so entertained currently by the Swing Man on this on this show every single week he's he's the highlight of the impact broadcast uh in the main event moose versus suicide in a tna world title match this match was just a bad clash of styles i don't know who's playing suicide these days Uh, could be tjp he's under contract uh, with impact and he played suicide that turned into manic that turned into tj perkins all under the Hogan era of TNA. Uh, and they had somebody playing the character again. but uh, the timing of this match was just off the whole time. It was just bad. Uh, Moose ended up winning with a spear, and that was this week's impact wrestling broadcast. All right, Aew opens up with the murder Hawk monster Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, with no mask this week, I noticed, uh, he says that he's been asked to make an apology to Brandy. He says that as soon as she kisses his ass, he'll apologize. Jake does a great job of once again getting himself over. Just as he finally starts to get over, you know, the active wrestler Lance Archer, we start to hear an engine revving. Yes, that would be Cody revving up his engine of his F-150 outside of the building. He then runs over a barricade. And he gets out of his chuck where this whole segment just falls apart for me. Cody and Lance Archer finally touch right before the pay-per-view, which I was kind of happy with them not touching prior to, but, well, fuck it. This is tape TV, damn it. We can do whatever we want. Cody then charges towards the ring, and he gets his hands on Jake... Well, right when he's about to start getting anything to you know serious happen, Lance Archer will come from behind and attack, and this happened several times. Uh, they, they battle in the ring back and forth, and every time, like I said, he almost gets his hands on Jake, uh, Archer takes back over, in the end, he ends up leaving Cody Lang in the ring, which was the correct thing to do here. Just a damn shame that Jake had to get himself over prior to the guy who's actually wrestling a match in 10 days on pay-per-view. Jurassic Express with Best versus the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. They used this match to bring back Ray Phoenix who attached Orange, who attacked Orange Cassidy, easy for me to say. So naturally you'd think that they'd have a match at double or nothing. Nope, we're going to get that next week on Dynamite. MJF attacked Jungle Boy. Wardlow attacked Marco stunt. So yeah, this match was just an entire mess. In the end, I'm—I don't even remember who won the match. It really wasn't important. It was meant to set up and advance other stories here, as in MJF versus Jungle Boy, uh, that we're going to get at Double or Nothing. Ray Phoenix versus Cassidy, which we're going to get on TV next week, and yeah, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose was enna- uh, is announced for the AEW Women's Title next weekend at Double or Nothing. Santana, owner and Ortiz. Versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. Fun match here. Uh, all the broken Matt antics were out biting people, yelling out his phrases. Sammy Guevara hobbles out to the ring with a neck brace on and a using a chair as a cane. So naturally, Matt gave him a crazy looking twist of fate that Sammy took right on the top of his head. Because Sammy's just a bumping machine here. Hardy wins with a modified twist of fate onto Santana off the middle rope. Next up, we're running through these, if if you haven't noticed tonight. Uh, We had a lot of taped shows this week. Chris Jericho versus Shug D, otherwise known as Pineapple Pete. Jericho makes quick work of him. He then grabs the mic and challenges the Elite to a stadium stampede match to take place at Double or Nothing. This will take place inside of the 80,000-seat TIAA Stadium. Uh, Vanguard 1 then appears. Jericho gets his shirt back that you know Vanguard 1 took several weeks ago. And then Matt Hardy burned on TV. But it's still intact here. Strange uh, that I was able to poke that hole. Jericho then once again cuts a promo on Vanguard Run. And then destroys it with a baseball bat. Matt Hardy comes out by himself crying. So naturally a man who's upset and crying by himself runs off the entire inner circle so that he can pick up the remaining pieces of Vanguard one, his friend and, and walk off with him. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel in our main event. Brody Lee controls most of this match. Daniels finally gets some offense in. He gets a chair shot back on Brody Lee right to the head. Uh, hits the angel's wing for a one count, hits the BME for a two count. Uh, in the end, Brody Lee wins this match with a discus lariat. Uh, in the end, we get John Moxley who comes out and takes out everyone in the Dark Order except Brody Lee and number ten, who escaped to the back. Next week on Dynamite, we'll see John Moxley versus number ten of Dark Order. Don't forget that next Saturday at Double or Nothing, we're going to get. Brody Lee versus uh, John Moxley. Easy for me to say. I don't know why after a year I still am having these symptoms where I want to call him Dean Ambrose for the AEW world title, which also next Saturday night after, I will be doing a recap of this show with Dan, uh, and we will probably post that either Sunday morning or as an extended portion of next week's uh, Powerbombs and Potables episode, we will let you know the actual decision of that uh, next week when we get there to see how much content we actually have to talk about. But for all those updates, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at PowerbombsPPN, and uh, this way you can stay in the know with all things pro wrestling and my thoughts uh, on the current state of wrestling. Moving on to NXT from this week, uh, we start off with the NXT Tag Team Titles Online. Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher defending against Imperium. This match uh, breaks down really early. Uh, Matt Riddle trying to get the hot tag with Thatcher, and he keeps getting cut off. Eventually, he monkey flips uh, Bartell into Thatcher. At this point, Thatcher pulls the Rick Martell WrestleMania five and walks out on his partner, leaving uh, Matt Riddle to fend for himself. And Imperium hits a European bomb on Riddle, to give us new NXT Tag Team Champions. So, interesting. Uh, but there's more to come with uh, the Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle, as this show progressed. Jake Atlas versus Tony Nese in the NXT title tournament. Atlas wins with a cartwheel DDT. Nice is 3-0 in the tournament. And Atlas ends at 2-1. and uh, And he will end up facing, I believe, Akira Tozawa in the finals of the Group B of this tournament. Cameron Grimes versus Finn Balor. We finally find out in this who attacked Balor the other week. I still don't remember who it was, by the way. I I really don't remember that it happened, and I talked about that. But it did. It ends up being Damian Priest, who comes out and attacks Finn uh, from behind, uses that expandable baton, and Grimes gets the pinfall victory. So, um... Yeah, after about a one-week build, we already find out who it was, which I I, I guess I'm okay with because it seems like some of these things just drag on forever, and then by the time you get to the payoff, nobody gives a shit. We're just at a point where nobody gave a shit, and you gave it to us in one week, so I appreciate you not dragging that on forever WWE. Jack Gallagher versus Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, in another NXT Cruiserweight title tournament. Uh, Gallagher wins with the Roaring Elbow. Oh, to Masato Tanaka of FMW and ECW fame. Uh, Gallagher picked up his first win in the tournament, but he's officially eliminated off of his numbers. Uh, Scott as well uh, ended this tournament, they both did, at 1 and 2. So the Group B finals, like I said, is going to be Akira Tozawa versus Leo de Fantasma. And we're going to get Kushida versus Jake Drake Maverick next week. And if Maverick wins, then we will have, I believe, a three way tie on the Group A side. So uh, we'll keep an eye to see how that actually works out for us. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher is our main event for this show. So after opening the show and losing the tag titles, these two uh, ended up facing off one-on-one here. And in the end, this was a grappling match, which makes sense. Matt Riddle, former UFC uh, fighter, Timothy Thatcher, who is a just known European brawler. These guys have a, not a Matt Wrestling Classic, but a Matt Wrestling match here. Uh, in the end, Matt Riddle rolls up Timothy Thatcher uh, for the win. Decent match. Uh, but again, they had a lot of tape shows this week. And you could tell the difference in the excitement and the quality of shows compared to last week, where they were live on all these brands, to this week, when they were taped in advance. And Once again, goes to say, there's just something better about live TV. Finally, SmackDown Live opens this week with Miz TV. Otis comes down, air humps the Money in the Bank briefcase, then puts it down, does a cartwheel, not with the greatest form, Then he jumps at the announce desk at Corey Graves. Like, I don't need to watch any more of this show. Nothing else can really top what I just watched in the first two minutes of this. I'm really entertained by Otis. There, I said it. Uh, Johnny and Miz actually did a great job here. Uh, They flashed some pictures on the screen of Otis as a kid. Otis, I won't say is a star quite yet, but he's got all the potential in the world to get there. All right, crazy amounts of charisma, Plays well to an adult crowd, uh, but he's just he's likable. And they haven't pushed him down our throats just yet. He's going to have the briefcase for a little bit, I feel, which is good. So we'll see how it all plays out in the end. I still think that somehow he's going to get screwed out of it, and that's going to be because of Mandy Rose. More of that to obviously come in the coming weeks and months. Elias comes out next with music. I mean, he used to have music in NXT, but they dropped that once he came to the main roster and he just shrums the chord and he's usually in the ring. So this was interesting. He's taking on King Corbin here. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird that his hand seems to be perfectly healed already. This match goes over in about 10 minutes. The ending comes when Corbin smashes the guitar of Elias over the ring post. Elias then connects with a knee to the face and then rolls up Corbin to advance in the Intercontinental title tournament. Oh yeah, I forgot. This was in the first round of the Intercontinental title tournament. There's just so much that happened this week. These two matches were part of the title tournament. And I'll go over the other matches throughout this SmackDown broadcast, being that the Intercontinental title is a SmackDown title. Dana Brooke beat Naomi. Naomi. Nothing else to discuss about that, but it happened. Charlotte is here as part of the talent exchange. Bailey and Sasha come out to confront her. Bailey says the last time that she saw Charlotte, she became a two time SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte says that Sasha made Bailey relevant over the NXT Women's title and says that the only reason that she is the SmackDown Women's Champion is because of Sasha. Charlotte keeps trying to talk to Sasha and Bailey keeps cutting her off and doesn't let Sasha speak. Bailey then challenges Charlotte to a match that will take place on SmackDown. Alright, I'm kind of over seeing Bailey and Charlotte wrestle. I, it's been a while, but it happened so much that I'm still that that, that wound has not healed yet. Like and Sasha and Charlotte, they really haven't touched since they were practically married and exchanging the Royal Women's title a few years years back. They were they were some good matches. Um most of those like I said were were pretty good. So I'm all for more of that, but I think that we're going to get to uh just this is another ploy to build up to the Sasha babyface turn. Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan in an Intercontinental Title tournament match. Uh as expected from their previous meeting at Elimination Chamber, this was a very traditional mat-based wrestling match which 50 years ago in wrestling was more of a standard, but in 2020, you just never see. So, uh, to me, it's it's nice and it's a breath of fresh air to see this. Uh, Brian ends up tapping out Drew Gulak with a knee bar and advances to the next round uh, of the Intercontinental Title Tournament, which I guess makes sense at this point because uh, Drew Gulak is currently not under contract with WWE. Next week, we're going to get Charlotte Flair versus Bailey in a champion versus champion match. That's not for a championship. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura in an Intercontinental Title Tournament match. Uh, and Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in an Intercontinental Title Tournament match. As well as Otis and Mandy versus Duff and Sonya Deville. The main event of SmackDown was The Miz and Morrison versus Otis and Braun Strowman, who accepted the invitation from Otis from earlier in the night to be his partner. Otis sold a lot for this match, he was pretty much the main guy in there. Uh, Eventually gets the hot tag to Braun Strowman. At one point, these two both do the worm or the caterpillar. And only Otis did it. And Strowman kind of, you know, flopped on the mat like a magic carp. It was interesting to see. And then they both jumped up and hit the elbow. Uh, But he picked uh, Braun Strowman in this match was really unsafe. All right. I'll I'll just say it. At one point, he picks up Morrison for a suplex. He didn't even get him up all the way and just kind of dumped him on on his arm. It was it could have been bad. He could have separated a shoulder from that Uh, bad to the point even where when he goes for the run around the ring apron, Morrison just bailed over the (laughs) over the barricade and uh, left Miz to just be the only person that took the shoulder block from him. In the end of this, uh, Braun wins with the Power Slam. Uh, Afterwards, they tease that he's going uh, to attack Braun from behind, but he doesn't. Him being Otis, pronouns pal. Uh, But they tease that because of Mandy was trying to distract Braun so that Otis could do it. Um, I think that they'll do that for a little bit. But right now, it only makes sense for Otis to cash in on a heel, in my opinion. And Braun Strowman being the babyface champion doesn't really work for me, brother, uh, on that. All right. So that's it for this week's edition of Powerbombs and Potables. Uh, Tell me, as the week goes on, the things that you like in pro wrestling and things that you don't. If there's something that you see, if there's something you want our opinion on, we are always active on Twitter, at PowerbombsPPN. You can like, subscribe to us. We are on our own feed now. Uh, for another two weeks, we're going to be on the Process Potables feed as well. But the, after that, we're solely going to be as part of the Powerbombs and Potables feed in iTunes and Spotify. So look us up. Subscribe, please. Uh, this way you can you can get us every week and hear what we have to say. Of course, next Saturday night uh, is AEW's Double or Nothing. That will happen before we get the next episode uh, of Powerbombs and Potables out. So we will be recapping that either as part of next week's show or on its own. For more updates on that, follow us on Twitter at ppn Uh once again, have a great week, everybody. My name's Corey Oates. I'll talk to you next week. And until then, uh have a, well, next weekend's happy is Memorial Day here in the States. So uh until then, when we meet again, stay safe and stay over.